0: everyone welcome back to the fantasy pros football podcast I'm Bobby Sylvester with Mike Teglier as always tags I knotted up the score at one apiece last week thanks to my quote unquote reaching for Dak Prescott in round two today's <laughs> the rubber match are you ready for
1: this I am so ready for this, Bobby. This is now the um, the third draft I'm doing in the last uh, 10 minutes um, because the drafts, is, they seem to continue filling. Um, but this one, actually, I have the best pick that I've gotten so far. I got pick number three. Where are you at? Tags, I've got the eighth pick. It seems like
0: every time we do this, you get really lucky. So um, yeah. <laughs> I, I've already got a built-in excuse. <laughs> um, so what we're doing, we're going to do a draft on draft.com slash pros. It's a 10-person draft like the drafts we did at the start of our season-long leagues. Five rounds. And we need a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, or tight ends. Tags is doing it on the app. I'm using the website. Both are really easy to use. And you can find the app on Google Play or the App Store by just typing Draft. It's going to show up first. And we have a promo code for you. Deposit using Draft.com slash pros. That's P-R-O-S. And you'll get free money back up to $100 for your deposit. Again, that's Draft.com slash pros.
1: P-R-O-S. All right. So Bobby, I am on the clock with the first pick here. Oh, the third pick, but I Kareem Hunt just fell into my lap. My number one player on the week. I happen to get it number three. So I I think this got off to a a fantastic start.
0: No, it did not. No, I'm not happy unless Todd Gurley drops to me. If Todd Gurley drops to me, I will have no complaints. And right now it's at pick five. These things move really fast tags. We're going to be done with this draft in probably about five minutes. It's five rounds. Antonio Brown was just taking three more picks
1: and then Todd Gurley, baby. (laughs) One of the drafts I should let you guys know. So it's really neat because so it it varies, right? In one draft that I did. Deshaun Watson went number two overall. Like someone did that and it was free money. because I got Todd Gurley. I got Todd Gurley and Julio Jones at pick nine and ten or ten and eleven because I was in the turn. Um, I was beyond stoked about that because I have Todd Gurley as a top four running back this week. And um, Julio Jones is my number one wide receiver. So I'm pretty psyched. Did you see that uh, Todd Gurley just dropped to me? I did. Todd Gurley at number eight is pretty solid. I mean, I'll take Kareem Hunt at number three, but um, you're going to have another pick before it comes back to me. And I think that last time, I think the last show we did, I want to say that I had the number eight pick and you had number, what was it? What number did you have last week?
0: Nobody knows. I don't remember.
1: <laughs> Nobody knows. Oh, wait, you ate. Wait. No, wait, hold on a second. I had number one last week. You had yeah, number you had, I was going
0: to say you had number one because you got Le'Veon Bell again with the lucky thing.
1: That's right. I've, I've been doing so many of these drafts, guys. It's It's quite addicting, actually. You kind of just go through and you do a draft and you're like, that uh, took five minutes. Let me do another one. And it's yeah. like until the ba- until the baby wakes up of them. from his nap. Yeah, it's, it's really simple. It's fun because, I mean, th- there's been a lot of injuries, as you know, Bobby, and uh, in football. So if someone's season long team is out, let's say that they play DFS, but they want something different. This is a snake draft where you're able to draft a new team every single week. And I mean, you could do contests as low as five bucks.
0: Okay, so I'm going to go, I'm back up here in the second round and I'm going to take CJ Anderson. I'm going two running backs back to back. Tags, who are you hoping is going to drop to you?
1: Uh, I was hoping CJ Anderson was gonna drop. That obviously did not happen. <laughs> um, and it's at the weird Do you think po- I reached for him there at two point three though? No, I wouldn't say you reach for him. No, because I mean he was gonna be gone by the time he got to me. So honestly, I'm in I'm at this weird point in the draft where it's like I don't like being at the end of the second round because like all of like the top five receivers are gone, top five running backs. I don't really want to reach for a quarterback if I don't have to. I might go quarterback at three three just because I know that you're gonna take one and it's gonna kinda handcuff me. But right now I'm looking at my board and it's tough because Mike Evans is still there and I'm on the, I'm on the board. Don't now. do it tags. Don't, don't the, pick Mike. The Evans end of the against Patrick Peterson. It's either that or I go Brandon cooks. I, I, I can't, I, you know, I can't pass up Mike Evans. Like I'll take the chance at a touchdown here last year. He did score a touchdown against Patrick Peterson. So I'm going to bank on that maybe happening again. I'm um, so
0: glad you took him.
1: I mean, it, it's not
0: good for our show because everyone's going to see you pick Mike Evans and he's going to get like two points or whatever, but it's good for me beating you.
1: <laughs> he's going to get like two points. I debated Brandon Cooks. Not going to lie there. I did. Re- Brandon I did Cooks could him. go off
0: for 30 this week, man. Like there's a chance he just wins this league for someone.
1: And it's very possible that I take him on the on the way back because there's three picks uh, before me. Deshaun Watson just went. So there's three more picks. And he might still be there. So I might just go Brandon Cooks to pair with Mike Evans and take the upside in these two wide receivers. That's a so, would take, um, too. I
0: thought about not telling you that because then you'd be like, oh, maybe I won't pick him and he'll get back around to me and then I could get him. But uh, that's the best pick.
1: I'm sticking to my guns here. I'm not going to take a quarterback. OK, Drew Brees just went and he's like my favorite quarterback anyways, So I, I'm not going to feel pressure to take a quarterback just because. Oh. <gasps> Brandon Cooks oh, baby, racked. yes. <laughs> oh my god, no, I'm not happy about it. Um man, this is tough cuz Jordan Howard's in the board. I think I'm going to go Jordan Howard just because we Brandon Williams for the Ravens seems like he might be out again. We don't know for certain. Uh man, I am so I was I was literally about to click <sighs> Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jordan Howard here because I need a workhorse running back. If you don't get the workhorse running backs, then you're going to be sitting there staring at someone like, you know, Alvin Kamara, who's not a bad play, but it's also not a lock.
0: So I'm looking at my options here, and I, I could go quarterback. Um, there's quite a few quarterbacks I like this week, but some I like a bit more than others. If Kirk Cousins is there, I think I gotta pull the trigger, face San Francisco. He was just taken. Matt Ryan's still on the board against Miami. I think that's a safe play coming off the bye. I still need two wide receivers though, or a tight end, so. Um, looks like Matt Ryan was just taken, so that makes my decision a lot easier. I'm going to go over and look at the wide receivers. We've got Demaryius Thomas. He's probably going to be matched up against Jenoris Jenkins quite a bit. Larry Fitzgerald's a nice play. Golden Tate is safe against New Orleans. Chris Hogan against the Jets. I think I got to go Chris Hogan. I don't especially like Chris Hogan, but he's still there. So I guess he's
1: my guy. Hogan would have been the next wide receiver on my board. So I I have no issue with that play. It's it's weird. And so I I, want to say I agree with you. It's like, you know, when I was going through the primer this week and and looking at Chris Hogan compared to a lot of other wide receivers, he's been one of the most consistent wide receivers in football. And, you know, I know that the yardage totals aren't bonkers. You know, he's not getting you 125, 150 yard games like someone like maybe like a Mike Evans or a Brandon Cooks. But Chris Hogan has been a very steady, consistent performer. So as long as you have some upside options to pair with Chris Hogan, I'm more than okay with that. And there goes Matthew Stafford, which was who I was hoping to fall to me. Um, I feel like I'm going to be regretting this whole waiting on a quarterback thing again.
0: I really want Tyreek Hill. I've got two more picks until he gets to me, and uh, I'm really crossing my fingers that he's still there because he's got that upside. Otherwise,
1: I'm taking Golden Tate. So Doug Martin was taken right before me. So Tyreek Hill, it is. Dang I was I I didn't want to say anything because he was on my board as someone I really wanted to grab I felt like he was a good play Uh, with Chris Conley out for the year you know we don't know if Travis Kelsey is playing at this time when we're doing this draft so it's very possible that Tyreek Hill sees tons of uh, targets and he's playing against a Pittsburgh defense that that runs a lot of zone defense so that he should be able to find some holes in there he can there could be some miscommunication Uh, Tyreek Hill's got some massive upside this week there's three
0: quarterbacks I still like left we both still need a quarterback um, so I'm hoping you don't take
1: my guy. You probably will though. I legitimately just clicked on Devonte Adams to put him in my queue and someone drafted him. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so looking uh, yeah, I mean, I'm up in th- a few picks here and I'm running out of options at quarterback one because it's now down to Carson Palmer in my rankings. I mean, I have Palmer there. I have rivers because I mean, let's, let's be real. Breeze, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Watson, uh, Brady, Stafford. Uh, I think even Cam Newton. No, Cam Newton's not part of this draft because we're doing a Sunday draft through. Sunday through Monday draft. So man, JJ made it to 4.5.
0: That is a steal.
1: Yeah, it's not bad for a workhorse running back there. Um, definitely not bad. All right. So I'm on the clock and it's choosing between Carson Palmer and Phillip Rivers for me. I'm going to go with Palmer just because I think that they don't have a run game. Right. And the Tampa Bay defense is, is really struggling. It looks like they might get three starters back on defense. Uh, but at the same time, I think there's some safety there just because of how little they're able to run the ball
0: palmers who i was hoping for if not then rivers uh after that man i'll tell you what it is quite ugly i guess i could go Jameis winston at arizona i really don't want to because i think that they're just going to run the ball a lot against arizona Mm -hmm. um man i'm really hoping that he drops me philip rivers
1: yeah now now i'm really torn because like do i go upside or do i go safety here because like i'm sitting here i really like terrell Pryor. Um, but at the same time, Larry Fitzgerald is there. Larry Fitzgerald is like the definition of safety versus Tampa Bay. I already have Carson Palmer. So do I pair him? Is that like a good strategy? I like him both this week. I do too. But at the same time, it's like, you know, do I want to overexpose myself? I have Mike Evans who is in that game as well. So I'm I'm almost game stacking here at this point. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's available. But yeah, I mean, I'm going prior just because I want the upside. It, I mean, if, if if Larry Fitzgerald goes off, that means I'm getting it from Carson Palmer. So I'm I'm, I'm going with my God here. I'm going to take Terrell Pryor. Good call. Yeah, I, I don't this this it's weird. This team is like I'm not opposed to I have Carson Palmer, Kareem Hunt, Jordan Howard, Mike Evans and Terrell Pryor, um, which is not a bad team by any means. I just I think I like some of the other ones I drafted better because as I've mentioned, I've I've done three of these drafts in the last like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. One pick away from me and then I get Phillip Rivers and he drops. Oh man, this draft worked out really well for me. I don't especially like the Chris Hogan pick in the third. I mean, I think he was the best player available. That's why I took him. Um, And these drafts move fast enough where you can make a mistake. The more practice you do, the better you get. So it's to your advantage. Um, But I like my team and how it turned out. And interestingly enough, I am not ranked very high. They give you a projection at the end. I'm projected for 67.2. Tags for 73. I like my team a lot better than yours, tags.
1: <laughs> it's fair enough. And like I said, this isn't my favorite team I've drafted, but I also feel pretty good. If Mike Evans can like score a touchdown and put up 60 yards, I'm, I'm going to be more than happy with this lineup. Yeah, Carson Palmer against Tampa Bay. Solid, solid play. Kareem Hunt is my number one running back on the week. Jordan Howard against Baltimore. I really need Brandon Williams to miss because that's like the key to Jordan, Jordan Howard doing good this week. Then I have Mike Evans and Terrell Pryor. So I've got Philip Rivers
0: at Oakland. Todd Gurley at Jacksonville. CJ Anderson faced the Giants. Chris Hogan at the Jets and Tyreek Hill the Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure to tweet us at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Tagliere NFL to let us know whose team you think is going to win. And tags, I'm really glad we did this because we're gearing up for the biggest week ever on draft. They're launching multiplayer draft tournaments with a huge redeposit bonus. For those of you who don't know, the multiplayer tourneys are a total game changer. I did this during the baseball season with draft.com slash pros. It's the most fun I've ever had with DFS. I'm not just saying that. $10 entry, $35,000 $35,000 prize pool, and it's a four-round tournament. So you're in an eight-team league in the first week, and if you win, you advance. Every winner in week one wins cash, and if you win four straight weeks, you get five grand. I'm super pumped about this. Wow. Five grand. That's that's nice. Four, you just got to win four straight weeks, man. Five grand. It's, it's good. How about you just win it and you share it with me?
1: Can we do that? Can we make that deal?
0: I think that's cool, man. And if you win it, you share it with me. (laughs) Absolutely. So you can get a free entry into this contest, the inaugural, if you deposit $100. This is for new and old users. Just deposit $100 and you'll automatically get a free $10 entry ticket that you can use in the inaugural. Please use promo code draft.com slash pros. That's P R O -S 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 S. And when you deposit, you'll get free money back up to a hundred dollars for your deposit. And notifications every time Tags and I do one of these drafts, like we just did. That way, you can compete against us again. That's Draft.com/pros. P-R-O-S. And our guest today is Doug Norrie from DFSR.com. Doug handles all the projections over there and is just a math whiz. So. I always look forward to chatting with him, picking your brain, Doug. Thanks for coming on. You're the first person to call me
2: a math whiz, so I'll take that. I'm going to actually probably clip that audio and then maybe put it in some kind of like in my bio or something. I, think be the <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily true, but uh, if you said it and you know when things get said, they're true. So hey, thanks for having me. Good to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's our pleasure. Um, so guys, we're doing this, uh, this really cool DraftKings contest for our listeners this week. You can't lose anything. It's just a $3 entry fee, and everyone gets their money back. You can actually win a Lifetime Fantasy Pro subscription, tons of cash prizes. If this is your first time playing, you get a free entry plus the guaranteed cash prize. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, I think this is the perfect opportunity to give it a try because there's no risk. You can't really lose Tags, I'm really excited to whoop you in this contest, too.
1: Well, you know, going back to our draft contest that we had last week, uh, I looked at that today, and I saw that you finished third, I finished fourth, so I did lose uh, to Bobby in something. That's going to happen every now and then. Uh, I don't (laughs) see it happening again. I'll just say that. I feel pretty confident about my DFS uh, stuff this week. I feel like there's a lot of good values out there that we're going to talk about in the show today, but yeah, no, I mean how often do you get to play? And people have asked me, they're like, okay, Mike, so if I enter $3 in this contest, so what do I get a $3 entry next week if I don't win? Like, how does that work? And I'm like, no, you literally get your $3 back. It's a can't lose situation. Like there's really no reason for you not to play. So check it out. Uh, We've tweeted out the link. Uh, I'm sure on our site, we have everything there, but check it out. Bobby, do you have the link for it? So the link for this
0: is fantasypros.com slash DraftKings. It's really easy. You can get a lifetime Fantasy Pro subscription, lots of cash prizes too, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You can see how you do against Tags and I, um, and we're going to be in there. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash DraftKings, and if you don't enter this, I guess you just don't like money, because it's free. It's free. It's, yeah, there's really no reason not to. All right, guys, so let's start at quarterback. And uh, this week, it seems like the week of Tom Brady. He gets the Jets. I know he missed practice. We talked about this uh, last show with Andy Behrens from Yahoo.com. And it's not a big deal. He's 40 years old, so they're just giving him a break. But we project him for 24 and a half points. Big old spread, so the game script's not perfect. But uh, he's the best cash game play, in my opinion. Is that who you have, Doug?
2: Um, it's, it's actually the spread that's kind of me, has me off him a little bit. And that's really the okay. only reason I, I, for my cash games, and I've said this before in this podcast and then ours as well, is that I really try to trend as much as possible toward quarterbacks who can run. So I, I, that's the only reason I'm off. I'm off Brady a little bit. I see guys a little bit cheaper that I think we also have Brady as the highest projected guy, 24.35 on DraftKings. But, um, I think there's guys a little bit cheaper that are, aren't far enough away. So I don't think it's going to be Brady just for the, for those reasons for me.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't like Brady as a cash game play. Uh, the Jets have actually played a lot better than I think people expected them to. And I mentioned on the show yesterday that Tom Brady playing uh, against the Jets over the last four years in New York. And again, this is not a good Jets team. They haven't been a good Jets team. Uh, In New York, he's averaged just 231 yards per game, 1.0 touchdowns. Like, that's it. Just one touchdown. So he's thrown four touchdowns in the last four games in New York, and he's thrown three interceptions in those games. Uh, Much better numbers at home against them. It's a divisional game. Those are typically closer than people think. So I, I, I would much rather fade Tom Brady than I would play him this week. I think my highest projected quarterback would be Drew Brees.
0: I think there's so much turnover, um, you know, from season to season that we can't really go back and say, well, this is how he's done against the Jets. And you say the Jets have played well. Philip
1: Rivers, we've done it with Philip Rivers. We do it against the Chiefs every time. I'm like, don't play Philip Rivers against the Chiefs. And it pans out every single time. It's just the divisional games. These teams know each other so well. And the games mean so much. Um, that I also go take-
0: to Arrowhead, they play twice half their games in Arrowhead when they play those games. And that's a really tough place to play. Also, you said the Jets have played well lately. They played the Browns Jaguars <laughs> coming off London, Miami, which has Jay Cutler and the bills. So I'm not super impressed by the Jets. I'm still picking on them. I mean, there are cheaper plays that I like, and I'm interested to get into those, but we can all agree. Like it's Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers, right? If you're picking one of these two expensive guys, it's Tom Brady this week.
1: I I don't I, I'm not gonna play either one in DFS. Like to be honest with you, um, I would take Rogers just
2: because he's cheaper. I, like that that would be he's a, on DraftKings. He's a thousand dollars cheaper, and I think like that would that would be the coin. Fl- if I was flipping a coin between them, that would be the tiebreaker, right? Like better game script too. It's only tiebreaker.
0: Yeah, three point favorites. Um, but they're going to Minnesota, and Minnesota has a really good pass defense. So. I, there's no way I'd use him in cash games. In GPP, I'm going to get shares of both of them because you never know when one of them's going to get 30, 35 points.
1: Yeah, I'd much rather take the discount. Uh, Doug, how do you feel about Breeze this week? Like, He's my favorite quarterback. He's the one I'll own. I think it's going to be a somewhat of a contrarian play because people are either going to pay up like like Bobby's doing for for either uh, for Tom Brady or they're going to go down to like Deshaun Watson, who's a little bit cheaper than Breeze. But I think Breeze is in a fantastic spot coming off a buy. Michael Fabiano tweeted out something saying, the, the last six games that Drew Breeze has come off a buy at home he's averaged 30.6 fantasy points per game like it's some ridiculous number and going against Detroit who just lost Holodinata who is going to be on uh, he was placed on the IR obviously that affects the run game but this is a team that's had two weeks essentially to prepare for this game they're coming off a game where they allowed Cam Newton to throw for 355 yards three touchdowns there's nothing that scares me about Detroit I'm, I'm loving Drew Brees and I'd play him over both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers even if they were all the same price
2: uh yeah I'm not oh you you love the total and I actually love that he's that he, his Sneed's gonna be back here taking over for the Coleman role in the offense so um that's just a better pass catching option for him I love that they've actually jettisoned Peterson as well <laughs> um like for Breeze uh, I think all those things line up again he doesn't fit the profile of the guy I like and so that's the only reason for cash game purposes like it's the only reason that I'm just sort of off a couple of these guys I mean we have him as the fifth highest projected quarterback um so. It's not like we're low on him. I don't think by any means. I would probably still take Rodgers over him. I do like the narrative piece. There's just you know the thing is this week there's just so many teams that have huge implied totals. Like on, on on certain weeks a 27 or so implied total, which is what the Saints have now, would be the highest of the week. Right now it's like third or fourth. Right, so it's like yeah, it, and even
0: gonna... Houston's got 29.
2: Right, exactly. That's why that's why I, I like Watson from that game personally. But um, the it, it's just one of these weeks where I think it's gonna be actually really hard to make lineups you don't like, <laughs> and I actually yeah, don't I don't true. often like those are weeks that scare me a little bit because when you have weeks like this where so many teams are in great spots, every single position uh really you can you can pick five or six guys that you feel pretty comfortable with um, that is those are the weeks that scare me a little bit because you don't need to do a ton of work to make a good lineup. Anyway, so that's what I'm, I'm kind of diverted off of the Breeze question. I, that's the only reason I'm a low on him a little bit. I, and again, he just doesn't fit the mold of a cash game quarterback that I'm usually looking for.
0: It, can you trust Watson in cash games though? I mean, I understand you, you like the rushing quarterbacks and everything, but his last two games, he has five touchdowns. That That's not going to keep up. Um, 67, 41, 24, 31 rushing yards. That, that's pretty good, but I'm just not so sure. The thing
2: about I, – I agree that I'm, I'm typically also very gun-shy about rookies because there's ways that you can go way overboard on performance. Like that happens – that's happened with Kareem Hunt I think to some degree. Um, and I think there's ways to go way overboard on just what implied performance is going to be on a guy from week to week when we have a small sample size. The thing with Watson is the reason I don't mind – one, the Cleveland defense. Um, I don't mind that their implied total and he just has – almost every game game script for the as opposed to some of the other quarterbacks mentioned above right almost every piece of the game script goes in his favor um for them to put up points because he hits the ground so much uh because he has the receivers at his disposal and because they've just been willing to use them. and and losing jJ watt it's like it's hard to imagine The Houston defense has just gotten worse too. So it's hard to imagine like huge blowout potential. Um, that's the reason I like him. It's more, and it's really, I gotta, I gotta default to the running. The, the running is such a huge thing. Like the 31 24 41 67 in the games that he's basically started. That is. For a lot of, I mean, for a lot, for him, that's like a half to 75% to a full touchdown that you're, that you're making up over guys like Breeze and Brady, right. That are not going to do that. That need to get that through the air. It just makes a huge difference on the floor for a quarterback. So I think there's just game script wise for Watson. He's independent of the way of, of how those other guys can run bad. If for instance, they just run in a touchdown. So that, that, that's where I'm, that's
0: where kind of I am more with Watson. Here's my beef against Watson. He hasn't thrown more than 34 passes in a game. They're just not throwing the ball with him that much. His past three games, he went up against bottom six pass defenses. I know he's going to get one again. I know the buy's is coming up, but there's just other options I like better. Like, you know, on normal weeks, I'd probably say, man, Watson is a great play. Like, this is probably my play, but there's just players I like more than Watson this week. I like Kirk Cousins at San Francisco. If I'm spending down, I love Carson Palmer, Phillip Rivers. Uh, they both have good matchups as well. Um, What do you think about these guys? Do either of them stand out to you?
1: Um, Well, I mean, I want to touch. I want to say that Watson is a really safe quarterback. And I may maybe I should have specified when I talked about Breeze and the fact that I think he's my favorite play on the board. I don't think you need to pay up for Breeze and Cash. I think you can go to Watson. I think Watson is as safe as they come. You know, as as Doug was saying, his floor with his rushing totals is through the roof. Okay, that's like almost like another touchdown a game is is what he's averaging on on the ground. And on top of that, the Browns defense is. They have allowed, it's 25 of the last 31 games now where they've allowed multiple passing touchdowns to quarterbacks. And like, you look at, you look at the competition they played this year, Josh McCown, Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett. Joe Flacco, and Ben Roethlisberger. None of those quarterbacks have been playing elite football, and not a single quarterback has finished outside the top 16 in any given week. So Deshaun Watson is a fantastic cash game play. I, I don't think you need to go down this week. I think you could actually spend up a quarterback. I think um, it's unnecessary to go down to like someone like Kevin Hogan, who's like 4,600 on DraftKings, and I, it's tempting. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I played Brian Hoyer in cash last week, so you don't have to tell me about like understanding risk associated with it, but I just don't think that this is a week where you need to do that on DraftKings. I think they've made pricing, especially with the running backs, to the point where you can fit, you know, one of the higher priced quarterbacks. So again, I just don't think that you need to go down to that price. I do think Deshaun Watson is really, really safe.
0: Doug, are you considering any of those guys for cash games, Uh, Cousins, Palmer, Rivers?
2: Uh, Cousins, I wrote up this week, uh, for our own cash picks. He's just, uh, I, I do see a bounce back coming off the buy for him. Um, another week to work with those receivers feels like it's a good spot that, you know, they're going to be, well, they're without Rob Kelly. It seems like they'll probably want to pass a little bit more. He's just it fits that mold of another quarterback. Like I would rather like, so for instance, between him and breeze, I think I'd rather with the game total somewhere around the same, I think I'd go a little bit cheaper on Cousins just because I see their Floors is basically the same. I, they profile to me as, as basically the same. Uh, I mean, Breeze, I think is a better quarterback. Don't, don't get me wrong, but with the price savings and the potential scoring of that group, uh, I probably would go. I, Cousins is a guy I do I don't mind for cash. I like Watson more. I actually, don't mind Alex Smith um, as much, which seems crazy. Alex Smith, eighty oh, percent, close to an eighty percent completion percentage this year. He runs a little bit too. The uh, I think it's like seventy-eight percent completion percentage, which is completely crazy. It's going to regress. I, there's no way you can keep that up really for an entire season. Although the routes they run with him are very are pr- typically pretty safe and the fact that he's been throwing down the field a little bit is encouraging so
1: can I play a devil's advocate on Cousins this week though uh I, I want to mention that I think it's important that we say that Kyle Shanahan obviously used to coach Kirk Cousins Pierre Garçon used to catch passes from Kirk Cousins and it's like this wild card that these two know his weaknesses extremely well um you know Josh Doxon is someone who hasn't played 100%. Jamison Crowder, I think he's playing through injuries. He's not going to have a run game because Samaje P. Ryan has looked like garbage and Rob Kelly's missing this game. So what I'm saying is like, and I, was, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't opposed to P. Ryan before the season, but he's looked like trash in his opportunities. He's looked completely like, like bad, but that's my concern. I don't know if the 49ers have the talent to combat, you know, what, what they know that Kirk Cousins weaknesses are. I just worry about that, you know, eventually the, the lack of options that he has to throw to is going to affect him. So, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's, that's I, I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins is a bad play. I'm just, I wanted to play devil's advocate and say that, yeah, that obviously Shanahan, that's what, that's why people have tied the strings to Shanahan getting him after the season, right? Is because people are saying uh, Shanahan knows what he wants and her Cousins fits the system and this and that. So that's just the tie.
0: Two other things. He's coming off the buy, but it is an 11.5 spread. So that's pretty big. Game script doesn't set up especially well. There's a lot of plays I like quite a bit, but none that I absolutely love. So I might come off Brady and change my mind. I, I like Cousins a lot. But for me, Carson Palmer is uh he's just it's a great play, I think. He's just throwing the ball so much. Tampa stops the run, so they're not gonna run at all. He's on pace to break the single season record for pass attempts. So I think it's a safe play down there. Seventy one hundred on FanDuel, guys.
1: Nobody's mentioned Matt Ryan. Why has nobody mentioned Matt Ryan? He hasn't thrown enough this year.
2: Like he's, they haven't needed to throw a ton. He's a weird. There's another one off the buy. Um, he just ha- they haven't taken to the air a lot. They've had some weird matchups. Um, so I think that you know there's a, could be a little bit of noise in there. I I don't mind them. They just seem a little bit more committed to the running game <laughs> this season than last. They've also had some weird injuries in the in the wide receiver core at times. So uh, I don't know. That that's the only thing I'm off on, of Matt Ryan. Some of the some of just the overall. Like, guys, like, so there's there's, there's teams this year that have had to throw a ton by necessity, right? Like, so, and these are, you know, the Arizonas of the world, uh, the Giants have had to do it a ton. Even, like, Tom Brady's had to throw more because they haven't been able to run the ball as much, and the defense has been garbage. And Atlanta just hasn't been one of those teams. The teams with a more balanced attack just haven't had to do it. That's I think that's the reason projection systems like ours are, are a little bit lower on him, just because when you're not projected to throw the ball a lot, I mean, that's like the easy math, right? If you're not projected to throw the ball a lot, like where are the points going to come from? I think that's it. And we just have some of these teams that are just so, so heavy on the pass um, just because they, they don't
0: really have any other options, mostly because their run games stink. Yeah. And again, 12.5 spread.
1: Right. And I was tying it to like Miami's defense and the fact that like, what are the, what are their strengths and weaknesses? I think their strength is against the run. Whereas their, their secondary is just weak. They don't have an answer for Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu being out. Maybe I should just get exposure, more exposure to Julio uh, than I would Matt Ryan. And necessarily, I don't think I need to necessarily stack them. Um, So maybe I'll just go with Julio rather than tying my, my stock to Matt Ryan. So I I like the call there um, talking me down a little bit off Matt Ryan. I love
0: Matt Ryan for GPP, but I'm looking at him for cash. Cleveland is worse against the pass than Miami. Deshaun Watson has at least 17 points in every game. That's Matt Ryan's ceiling so far this season. Plus Atlanta's wide receiver core is just so banged up that I'm not sure it's as much of an advantage as it usually is.
1: I mean, it's a fair argument. I I mean, but like like I said, I I can understand what the game script concerns and the fact that the Dolphins haven't been able to score points. And um, this could be a game where they just don't need to necessarily throw a whole lot. So. Um, that's why we talk it out on these shows. So yeah, I, I, I think my favorite two plays are breeze and, and Deshaun Watson.
0: What about GPP plays? Doug, do you have one or two that you're fond of that we haven't talked about quite yet?
2: I don't mind this crazy. I actually don't mind going back to Carson Palmer Like the, the he's no one's going to want to play him because he's looked kind of washed, but this team, again, they're just going to need the throw again. I, the Peterson thing makes no difference for me at all. One way or the other And this team, they cannot run the ball at all. They're not going to be able to, they're going to play down for most of the rest of the season. And they've shown that they're, They can throw 50 times a game or somewhere ranging up toward that number. And when you're going to get that kind of volume, even when you stink, you can hit a huge upside. (laughs) Palmer stinks. So I'm not making – it's really not the case for Palmer. It's the case for he does have wide receivers at disposal. He has running backs that can catch the ball too. Like Ellington's caught a ton of balls this year. So he has safety outlets. Um, And the fact that the volume is going to be there at 6,100 on DraftKings, I – that strikes me as a GPP play. I would not do it in cash. I did do it in cash last week. It was such a huge. It did not work out. But um, the I, I think from that perspective, if you're just looking for guys that can that are going to throw the ball a lot, Palmer has multiple touchdown upside playing from behind. I, again, it's not safe, but from GPP, I can see it happen.
0: Tags, you have anyone for
1: us? Uh, no. I mean, I I wanted to mention Ben Roethlisberger just because, like, I think that they match up very interesting against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are, are a heavy man coverage team, and it's going to be difficult for them to cover the wide receivers uh, for the for the Steelers. And the fact that Ben Roethlisberger, again, it was at home last year, but a defense that was playing a lot better than they are this year with Eric Berry. He threw for 300 yards and five touchdowns against last year. And Marcus Peters has been playing like garbage. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's really interesting. And I mean, he's only 5,700 on DraftKings. Nobody's going to want to play him. It is an arrowhead. So there's plenty of risk associated with it, which is why I obviously wouldn't play him in cash. But I think he's a very interesting tournament play.
2: I really like that call with Roethlisberger because um, really when you want to grab guys is off of just their bottom, you know, for their career ever weeks, which <laughs> clearly Big Ben had last week, there were the five interceptions I would say like two of them were for real, the other three were kind of fluky, and so like it just wasn't a real five interception game. It was more like a one and a half to two interception game that turned into five, and then the game got completely out of hand by having them both be pick sixes. Like he was not actually looking too bad. Antonio Brown was 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 crushing the the Ramsey and company. Like um, and then he just had you know a wide receiver slip, a tip ball, one really bad interception, then, then a downfield sort of heave. Roethlisberger, I, I agree with that completely. Like he strikes me as a guy who no one is going to play, and has you know arguably the two best weapons in the NFL on his team. Like the two the two best combination weapons. Like if you were add up the you know the That's two right. best guys yeah. from a team in Bell and Brown, really no other team has two top tier guys like that so now I love that Roethlisberger call uh, just because you're gonna get him at like five percent ownership or something like that no one's gonna play him especially too he comes out after the game and kind of admits that he might be done which was such a weird thing to say but uh no yeah I think (laughs) I think that's a I think that's a really good call
0: they made fun of me on Monday for saying that I thought Big Ben didn't actually play that bad. And uh, I'm, no, I'm glad he to didn't. Hear you didn't say that. I big time agree with you. I, I watched the whole game, and uh, Jacksonville just made plays, man. A couple tip balls. Yeah, he, no, he didn't play bad. It, it's weird. It's like weird to
2: show a five interception game and say you didn't play bad. I, I, I just really, I, I mean, I was all over Antonio Brown last week. I think I would go back there again when we talk about wide receivers. But no, I think Roethlisberger bounced back. No one's going to play him uh, and has big upside. I like this call a lot.
0: There's two guys we haven't talked about yet that I think have pretty substantial upside, and it's going to make you both puke. But Case Keenum has had some big
1: games in his oh, career. Oh, no, stop. Sir. No, don't. No, Just just end your take there. Don't, no, no, don't play no, Case no, no, Keenum. No, no, no,
0: no, You're wrong, Tags. Case Keenum has been a top five quarterback 15% of the times he has started in the NFL. He's going to be only 1% of lineups. I mean, he had 28 points earlier in the season, and we're looking at him for super cheap There is a real chance he's in the top lineup this week against Green Bay. There's a real chance. And Blake Bortles, same kind of thing. Blake Bortles is horrible. He had 95 yards last week. They barely (laughs) let him throw at all. But Blake Bortles has had big games before. We've seen San Francisco just carve up this Rams defense. There's a real chance Blake Bortles is a top five quarterback this week. And if he is and nobody owns him... You could be in the cash. He's $7,000. Nobody's going to own him. But there's a real chance he compiles 25 plus points. You're better than this, Bobby.
1: Let's talk about some running well, No, No, no,
0: no. Tag, tag, you're wrong here, man. Like Blake Bortles <laughs> and Case Keenum, there is a 5% chance that one of them has a big game nobody's well, gonna make 100 line, if you make a 100 I am not 100 saying 100 lineups- I am not putting my reputation on the line saying Blake Bortles is gonna have a good week there's a very low chance it happens but there's a chance it happens and if it happens and you've got him
1: in your lineup you win man but that's just like throwing something at the wall and hoping it sticks. you have I, I to throw stuff at the wall you have to be contrarian in GPP well, I could make something twisted for every quarterback. I could say Trubisky with his rushing ability that he could run for 90 yards and a touchdown. It's probably not that But it happens
0: happen. more often with players like Blake Bortles and Case Keenum who have had quite a bit of big games in their career. It's ugly. I'm not saying you're wrong. It is ugly. But these kind of plays are what win you a million dollars, man.
1: Doug, could you tell him that he's I wrong?
0: I would. I would. You're, I would. I can't do Blake Bortles.
2: I can't make a case for him. So like, I'm just not going to. I usually try to, to in any situation, like try to make a case for somebody. I, because I do agree. I agree with the part where like you can make a case. That, I mean,
0: you could. You couldn't have made a case for Blake Bortles in week three either, when he put up 27 points and won someone a million bucks. I, I
2: there's. It's not that there's not a case. I just like. I'm not, I don't know if I'm, <laughs> I. want to be the one to do it. I the where the Keenum <laughs> part is interesting. At least Keenum at least has receivers. Like Keenum has Diggs and Thielen and so and and Rudolph as well so the fact that he has weapons and the and i and mckinnon probably getting majority of the carries out of the backfield now is a good pass catching uh running back that i I would i would make the case more for keenan than bortles i guess let me me put it that way so um if i was to pick between the two i would definitely say keenan because they have he has the uh the guys at his disposal, and the Jacks, just—they've—they've they've shown that they're just willing to run Leonard Fournette into the ground, and that's what I do think caps his upside a little bit. Like they're going to run Fournette, they run Fournette even when they're losing. So that—that that is mm, like, yeah. that, that's my that's my case against Bortles. But I, the Keenum one, I, I I can see the merit in it because he's shown that he can heavily target guys like Diggs, who I think is supposed to play, and Tealyn, uh, and I, having those guys in the field does make it would make me feel a little bit better
0: about him. I agree that the plays suck. And I'm sorry I'm going on a rant here. But if you look at the top GPP lineups all season, there's been contrarian plays galore. I mean, I remember Jared Goff in week one. You made fun of me about that one, too, Tags. That one worked out pretty well. Someone won a million dollars on that. Heads,
1: Bobby. Let's play. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just messing with you, dude. Let's talk about some running backs.
0: Yeah, let's go running backs. Uh, Okay, so right here, Kareem Hunt, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette. uh, They're in the top tier here for me, and uh, none of them really stand out in my opinion. Who's the standout guy to you, Doug? Um,
2: This is gonna be this gonna be an interesting week, and one of the things I was mentioning about just where some of these games are going, is I think that. One thing that scares me a little bit from a cash game perspective is that you can make a very strong case for about six running backs this week. And the fact that you can really only play, let's say, two of them, if you didn't play one in your flex, means that it's going to be hard to go wrong on running backs. So that, that, from a cash game perspective, I don't always love when that lines up that way because even just your average Joe can make a lineup with, a running, with multiple running backs. They feel pretty good. Of the top group, I would probably trend toward... Of those guys I would trend toward Hunt. You said Bell Hunt and who's the third one you said?
0: Fournette. Oh Fournette. Against the Rams. Um, yeah, no,
2: I would I would probably take Hunt of that group um, with the caveat that I think Bell probably has more upside. So I think I think Hunt strikes me as a, a wee bit safer here just because they're uh they're the favorites. Um but I do think Bell just the way they've been using him almost no matter how the game script is going. I think he has a little bit more upside. The problem with Belly is just very expensive. And I think that's for the reason I probably would not play him, uh, and go toward Hunt. There's a $1,400 difference between them on DraftKings. So between, for those two reasons, I, I would, of that group, I would trend toward Hunt though. There's a real strong case we made the way they're using Fournette
0: as well. You know, on Fanduel, Hunt's actually more expensive. I, I like Bell for DraftKings because he's going to get so many receptions. But yeah, that price is just too extravagant.
2: One thing, actually, you make a good point there with the Fanduel pricing. If you don't like, if you don't, if you're not like us and you don't have you know systems at your disposal that you have you know backend analytics to, to kind of generate where you're going to get projections from and sort of coming up with a number. One really simple way to do that from. Uh, just a very nuts and bolts thing is just compare FanDuel and DraftKings pricing and if you find inconsistencies on one to the other and just decide you know like if you know if if Hunt's more expensive than Bell and 1400 less on DraftKings one of those sites made a mistake and if you can pick out those mistakes sort of like uh, as a way to just pick out value that is a really easy way to do it I think so I think if you're just like a standard listener that doesn't like use projections I think just seeing the differences between the two sites and saying well, one side saw him as the same, and the other one seems to be a $1,400 $1, difference. I'll just take the savings on the one, and that's where I can get my value.
0: Tags, who's your top running back? Uh, does maybe Gurley belong in this tier too?
1: I was about to say, like I, I like Hunt as probably my top running back, but I think Gurley belongs in this conversation, and I, I wasn't on Gurley last week. I know a lot of people were, but I think this week against Jacksonville, I don't think that the Rams make the same mistake twice in a row, and this is a mistake that the Steelers did last week, not giving the ball to Le'Veon Bell enough. Going back before the game against the Steelers, they had allowed, don't forget, they allowed two top eight running backs against the Jets. Bilal Powell and both Elijah McGuire both finished as top eight running backs. You go the week before that against the Ravens, they allowed 123 yards on 20 three carries to the combination of alex collins buck allen and terrence west and then even the week before that the titans have really struggled to get their ground game going this year they allow they averaged 5.1 yards per carry against the jaguars if there's one area that this team struggles it's against the run and if the if you know if the rams want to get back on track i think todd gürley gets the ball a lot the weird thing that i don't really understand what happened last week and maybe you guys have some insight on this but why did they not use him in the passing game more often like what did he catch two passes for 7 yards like todd gürley had been crushing through the air like that that was why he was such a good play so that's a little concerning but at the same time it was also the first week they got kind of like manhandled and lost the game because it was just bad play calling. So I think that they go back to Todd Gurley and I think that he definitely belongs in this conversation. He's also the cheapest. Oh, I would
2: add I would add him as the top. He was I, the reason I didn't mention out of that three is that I was just having to choose between that three didn't do it. He's my top right. cash gameplay this week because of the price. I think that okay. he's uh he was very close. So last week when you look at his performance he had an eight point fantasy swing on the first drive of the game when he reaches the ball out over the goal line and it, and it yeah, gets the knocked fumble. away by Thomas. Um, And that turns from six, it's a, it's an inch from being six points and instead is minus two. He has a minus. So he's a basically an eight point fantasy swing on that one play that also ended up kind of scripting some of the game away from him because they would have started with the lead. And I think, you know, not to say how you can see how the rest of the game is going to play out, but then they went from that to basically being down after the drive on Seattle's part. So, I think that there, it was one of these things where it was so close to being a huge game from him and it just and, and this is where football's variance comes in is that those little things make it's like it's like the equivalent of shooting like a 20 pointer in in basketball you know, like if like if you <laughs> yeah. if you ran back from 20 pointers one night you would feel like some of the same way except that that doesn't exist in basketball but it does exist it does exist in football and when you look at that it was just so close to being just add eight, basically add eight points to his and the line right there and and a, there's almost no way he's priced in the same category i wouldn't think so no i think girly, girly is the guy that i'm going to lean on for cash games too i totally agree with you
0: Especially in DraftKings, he's getting so many receptions this year. Like, like you said, tags—they didn't throw him the ball last week, and I have no idea why. Sometimes NFL teams just don't do the right thing. Like when they targeted Tyler Higby and, and Robert Woods more than like anybody else, it just doesn't make sense sometimes. But it usually does make sense. He's gonna get some receptions against Jacksonville. He's gonna get twenty plus rushes, and he'll probably get over a hundred yards and a few touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I think one player to keep an eye on this week. I'll ask you guys because like this seems like a guy I keep going back to the well. And last week I got people telling me oh, props in the call, Mike, and I, I I felt disappointed. Like I was like, no, don't say it was a good call. Marshawn Lynch disappointed last week. Um, he should have had a much better week. I know he scored a touchdown and all, but um, I want to go back this week against the Chargers. The Chargers this year are awful. I don't know if you guys have realized how many rushing yards they've allowed. They're allowing over 160 yards per game to running backs. The next closest team I think is in like the 130s. Like it's not even close. Um, they've allowed three touchdowns. This is a game where I don't think we have to worry about game script concern for him, especially if Derek Carr comes back. Derek Carr is another guy that's not throwing the ball more than 35 times per game. I just, I just feel like Marshawn Lynch is just underpriced. Like I know he's 5,000 on DraftKings. He doesn't catch passes very much, but on FanDuel, I mean, I think he's a better plan FanDuel just because I think touchdown, a touchdown is locked in. But am I off my rocker to go back to Marshawn Lynch again?
0: I don't think so. I mean, he's he's cheaper than Chris Thompson, Latavius, Murray, Blau, Powell, all these guys, and he's going against the worst run defense in football. Right. I'm not on that play as
2: much, I don't think. Um, well, definitely, I'd really on DraftKings, no, because the PPR piece really makes a huge difference. And if he doesn't, if he's really projected for like a target and a half per game, or something like that, I just don't. I think that you're, he's pretty severely capped uh, on DraftKings in terms of where he can get, Uh. you know, for, uh, for a leverage play on touchdowns, If you think he's a multiple touchdown guy, and he, you know, he, I mean, Orleans Darkwell ran in a freaking touchdown against the Chargers, so like, uh, um, (laughs) like anybody can do it, I would say. But um, that's he's, it's a GPP play because you just absolutely have to have the touchdowns, right? Like, that's that's what you need. Where these other guys, and I think there are some other guys in this cheaper range from a volume perspective, probably just give you a higher floor. Guys like Lynch and guys like you know, garrett Blunt sort of fixed this description as well. They can have monster weeks because of the goal line usage. You just have to you just have to get there with it. And that's where the variance is gonna come in because you're gonna be looking at, you know, twelve six to twelve point kind of deviations off their mean just just because of the touchdown.
1: Right. Yeah um so let's talk about some players in that in that that middle range like some running backs like I'm torn on who to like between like Amir Abdullah at 4,900 is dirt cheap on DraftKings I love that play in New Orleans uh he's been getting 15 plus touches I think he's averaging 16 touches a week right now Alvin Kamara Kamara's 4,500 Mark Ingram's 4,400 this is like the tier that I'm so torn on and I can't decide between these three guys I'm not playing any of them for cash games for for GBTP all three of those are great plays.
2: I'd play Ingram for cash. I think Ingram's going to see, um, you know, he was double-digit carries in games that kind of scripted okay for him. Losing Adrian Peterson makes a difference for him because I actually think that he picks up more of the Peterson. I mean, Peterson had something like six and a half, six and a half to seven carries per game uh, when he was with the Saints. I think most of those sets are more Ingram sets than Kamara sets. So um, I, if he were to trend... Even if you were to get, I mean, honestly, even if they split them, let's say they just split the carries right <laughs> down the middle. Now you're looking more at like a 14 to 15 carry game for Ingram, and he also catches balls out of the backfield. I think I think people will be more on Camara because it's like a, it's more of a narrative piece that p- people just think that he's going to get uh, the carries. But Ingram's just been with his team; they've, they've shown the ability, the, the willingness to run the ball with him at times in the right games. I think 18 to 19 touches for him is completely reasonable. And 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 whereas I don't think 18 to 19 touches is reasonable for Camara. And from that point, 4,400... It's, a, it's kind of, he, Ingram's kind of a lock for me for cash games on, on DraftKings, frankly. I, I think that, I just think that the price and how they played. I, I could be wrong. Like, look, if Kamara starts the game and, and he runs the first like three sets, then I'm going to feel real bad about that, <laughs> that call. But I just really don't think that's the case. I don't think they're, they're willing to turn the team over to him. And yeah, no, I think Ingram's going to be basically a DraftKings lock for me.
0: I know Jay Ajayi hasn't gotten the end zone yet, but he's running the ball a ton. Atlanta hasn't been very good against the run. Do you think that maybe he
1: would be a good play this week? I think it's game script concerns, yeah. like, really big game script. Like, if you go through and look at Jay Ajayi in games Miami loses, he averages single-digit fantasy points. Like, I'm not kidding. it's It's really bad. Like... That it's just been the story with Jay Ajayi. If they're not, if it's not a positive game script, and I really don't see any way that this game goes positive game script. I actually think that the Falcons' defense is a great play at home. That's the thing with me is like Ajayi. His snaps did go back to somewhat normal last week, which is a positive sign, right? But at the same time, this offensive line sucks. Jay, Jay Cutler is not getting anything done. And it's a negative game script, that they're on the road, an underdog, like a massive underdog. I just feel like everything is playing against him. Like you're looking for a player to check all the boxes, he like unchecks all the boxes. Yeah, I think I'm I probably think.
2: pretty much agree with that take on, on Ajay. I mean, it's, unless they, unless they switch quarterbacks or. <laughs> Or they just have some other plan.
1: He could score two touchdowns, though. I mean, I, I won't disagree. Yeah, for that GPP
0: he, he's solid, but yeah, cash games I'm not touching him because of the game script.
1: It could be like, yeah, it could be one of those garbage. He hasn't scored a rushing touchdown yet, so I, I'm not. This is actually one that I'm not completely saying that it's like off your rocker, like like the Blake Bortles take, <laughs> uh, because I I do think that it could it could be a point where the Falcons are up three touchdowns and Jaijai he steals two touchdowns. Think like go back to last year. You remember Carlos Hyde against the Seahawks? They were getting their butts kicked and in the fourth quarter. Carlos Hyde scored two touchdowns. I think that could happen. With Ajayi, because this offense literally needs something, some si- some sort of confidence to go off of because they look awful. That's but again, in cash, no GPP. I mean, maybe some exposure. Um, I just don't think you would go. Overboard. We haven't
0: even mentioned two of my favorite players this week. It's Jerick McKinnon against the Packers. He is super cheap, and we saw uh, he can be electric. Um, we saw what he did last week. I think he won himself this job and then CJ Anderson, no one's ever talking about CJ Anderson, but the giants can't tackle to save their lives. Uh, again, this is a great game script minus 13. They're the biggest favorites on the week. Uh, CJ Anderson, if you look at his schedule so far this year, 20 rushes, 25 rushes, 20 rushes, he's coming off the bye. I love CJ this week. He's in my cash games. He's my favorite.
1: Yeah. Oh, I like CJ Anderson, but he's not, he's not in the main slate though. Oh, he's not in the main slate. He's, a, he's a not, not, not the main
2: slate for DraftKings, but man, the main slate for Fanduel. I hate that DraftKings did this. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say
0: I, I don't know what you're talking about, Tex. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I play all DraftKings pretty much. I play like literally very little Fanduel. I'm more of a DraftKings guy. So that's I, I, I blocked out that game, but I actually I love the call on C.J. Anderson. The game script is that game is going to be so ugly. I, I don't know what the NFL is going to do about this because the Giants are going to go to Owen 6 and then they play the Seahawks next week. Um with, now now they're playing and then without D- Dominique Rogers cromartie who's now suspended for, for the leaving team. the game in the I, middle like game. Oh man. It is it is so Is there not, any chance they um, trade um, it's, Manning? It's a bad situation.
2: They should bench him. They should sit him and just not get him hurt as what I would do. I'm being kind of serious. Uh, like they, there's no reason to play these guys. I, they're, they they're basically the practice squad at this point the Giants. I think Anderson Anderson for Fanduel for me is a fen- phenomenal play. Uh and and, uh, and actually really a reason to play that that primetime slate as well on DraftKings because uh, he checks every single box from a usage standpoint. Huge favorite. Giants defense was supposed to be good. They completely stink. The team stinks. Um, You know, Denver defense is probably going to be a pretty popular play on FanDuel. Uh, I know I love Anderson. Actually, it's one of those things where DFS is really hard sometimes to take your own personal I don't know results out of, or what a player has done for you. So I played CJ Anderson one time this week, this year, and it was against Buffalo in all my cash games. And he carried the ball eight times, eight times that game. And he's been 20 plus every time. I think being willing to wipe those things out of your memory and just go back to, you know, sort of the math that makes sense. Anderson, Anderson is is cheaper than every guy that we mentioned in that top tier, and that's just as much upside to me as any of those guys.
0: So, what do you think about McKinnon? Maybe uh, Elijah McGuire? Are there any other plays you like here, Doug? McKinnon
2: has had the start has the ability to start in the past, and has shown he's just like not very good at running between the tackles. And he went. We have a, a pretty solid track record of that from last year when they handed the, the reins to him, and he averaged you know under four yards a carry. He just he's a good, he's a great change of pace guy. And we showed last week when they had sort of game plan a little bit for, for the Latavius Murray kind of thing. And he comes in and catches some balls and the game was a little bit more wide open. I think he's fine from that standpoint. I would not, I'm just worried because we just seen what happens when they just give him the ball like 17 times a game. He just doesn't. He's just not a very good between the tackles runner. So he's just he's small and he's meant. Their to-
0: offensive line's been hurt every time he's got a chance too, and now it's healthy.
2: I know you. Yeah. I just. I just don't think it just doesn't do. It just doesn't do it for me. I, like for instance, you, you said you know P Ryan. I, I actually love him this week. I know he's not. Very, and the problem is he's not very good. So that's always a problem when, when from a running back standpoint. That's it. And they've, they're and they're going to run him like they're, they've, they've they've done it before. He's had to games with you know up to 20 carries at, if you're going to project for 20 carries and even a like sniff part of the passing game at his at his price is really on both sides it is i i rarely especially on FanDuel want to delve into this into this range of running back Cause it almost is always a trap like like just nearly 100% of the time it's a trap with with these things because teams just aren't willing to handle the full load but the Chris Thompson's just not going to supplant like the run carries and they're such a huge favorite in this in, against San Francisco that um it's one of those times where I am willing to go. It's like sort of like D'Angelo Williams for last year, and I'm not comparing them, but like when he spelled Le'Veon Bell and he was coming in very cheap. This is the, the same kind of scenario for me. I think that he he kind of checks those box. He kind of checks those boxes, and I'm willing to do it. And again, and I, I'm caveated kind of by saying it's almost it is almost always a trap. I just I think you can get away with it this week.
0: So you talking about cash games or GPP for P Ryan?
2: Cash. Yeah, I think I like I I think that I think that he if it, it had been a scenario where this was his first week. And we weren't sure, you know, like when a guy supplants another guy and there's and the team comes out and says, oh, he's going to be our guy this week. And the coaches are usually lying about that or they don't really know. And there's no they have no incentive to tell the truth about what their plans are for running backs. And we've seen that time and time again, really from just about, you know, Seattle's the king of this. Right. Like, oh, this is our guy this week. And then they split carries or that guy just plays a series and, and leaves. You know, um, if, if that had been the case with the Redskins and it was new, I would not be as confident. But we have two games with him where he has close to 20 carries and that just means that he's their guy. So th- that and again, he's not very good, but game script wise, huge favorite and uh their ability, their you know, the way they've used him in the past has me has me okay with him for cash.
1: No, oh, I like that, Colin P. Ryan. And one player I wanted to mention—just we don't have to talk about him—but I think Theo Riddick is a is a GPP play. Isn't like the worst yeah. thing in the world against the Saints if the if the game script goes if the game script goes negative. Um, he he's gonna be a guy that's like zero percent owned. The only thing I wanted to mention though, Bobby, with McKinnon, I I don't dislike the play necessarily, but I also think that the 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 reward is not great enough for the risk because he's going to be so heavily owned after what people just saw on a primetime game against the Bears defense that was missing four of their top six linebackers. Um, so yeah, don't take too much from that game with McKinnon. He's, he's a solid player overall. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I, again, he's going to be so. Can I mention one, one more guy so just before
2: we go, because, and this is the, the kind of the theme for the week is that there's just so many running backs to play. And this is why it scares me because I think, you know, everyone's made a pretty solid case. We're on like what, 10 running backs at this point <laughs> that you can make a really solid case for. I mean, you can also make it that same kind of case for Devontae Freeman. Um, he's in, and, and this is why I actually don't mind pivoting to Freeman in GPPs over guys like Frenette, uh, in the same price range he he also fits that at home big favorite uh they've been willing to use him a lot he's got the lowest coefficient of variation of any running back in his tier this season which means like he's just been very very steady thanks to the touchdown use like the the other reason that ryan's totals look a little bit lower is because they've used freeman more in the red zone this year i don't think when people are lining up guys like Gurley, Fournette, hunt uh, and Bell in that top tier, just nobody is going to play Devonte Freeman because you can make the, the case for the guys above him are 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 are, are, are stronger here. But um, I I think. I I think that I would be willing to do it because he has touchdown equity upside. They've shown that they want to do that before and he is steady in terms of how they use them. So that's just, that's a guy that I I wouldn't mind pivoting to. And you're going to, again, have him on super low ownership because when you're filling out your lineups and you're maybe doing it by hand and you see a guy like Fournette for basically the same price, like who's clicking Freeman? Nobody, right?
1: So, so. and for whatever, yeah. And for whatever reason, he's dominated at home too. Like he's always been great in a dome. Like his touchdown numbers are sky, like shoulders above what they are on the road. So I, I dig that call, man.
0: So uh, this week at wide receiver, it's not quite as exciting. Uh, Antonio Brown's got a nice matchup against Kansas City because, like you said, Peters is just horrible this year. Uh, Michael Thomas is up there. And Jordy Nelson gets Minnesota. Mike Evans gets Patrick Peterson if Peterson is healthy. Um, it's not super exciting. Is there one guy that stands out to you here, Doug? Yeah, Brown, I really can't argue with him at this point. I played him in 100%
2: of cash games last week against the... And basically, yeah. separate was separation. So expensive,
0: that's my only concern.
2: It is, and that's why that's why I don't mind playing some of those cheaper running backs because this, this is what you get, right? So when you usually... What I like to do is say, you know, if this, then that kind of scenario. If I pay down... For running back, what am I getting in exchange at wide receiver? You're not getting the same savings lower at wide receiver that you are at running back. And that the reason I, you know, would be willing to play guys like, well, CJ Anderson doesn't fit the bill, but you know, P. Ryan and, and Ingram and guys like this is because what you get what you get to pay up for is Antonio Brown. And he's in such a class by himself in terms of target share that it's it's worth it, it's worth the pay the extra on him than to try to save at wide receiver where I mean, you, you mentioned it too. It's just like, it's an unexciting group of players at the position this week. So I think he's the reason I'm willing to, I'm willing to take maybe a small hit on safety at running back because Brown, I mean, he's just, he's, he's such a huge edge on targets over the, over really anybody else that it's, it just makes the safety piece on him is more than you're going to find really at anyone else at the position.
1: Yeah. Um I mean, it's really tough. I think Bobby hit it on the head, though, for me is 9,300 is really expensive. And my concern is that last week with Roethlisberger, the game he had is that he he goes back to the drawing board and says, OK, maybe I can't target Antonio Brown 18 times a game. Maybe that's not the brightest thing to do. Um, and it's not to say that Antonio Brown doesn't deserve a lot of targets and he's going to get a lot. It's but it, when you talk about 9,300 in order to hit value in a cash lineup like you're talking, you need him to score 22 plus points. And it's not to say that he's not going to do that. It's just like that literally the bare minimum that he can score in order to hit value so going down for me like I mean if you want to go down a little bit like Julio Jones solid play against Miami I think with Mohamed Sanu out I think that we're looking at extended targets for him which is something that we don't get to guarantee very much with Julio um, again it, it's it's worrisome that the fact that he had a hip injury coming into going into the bye week but maybe that bye week gave him a chance to heal up a little bit I don't I'm not saying that Julio Jones played, she p- should be played in cash, but as a tournament play, I like Julio a lot. Uh, but Michael Thomas, I think, is my favorite cash game wide receiver if you want to pay up. 7,300 the Lions just, they don't have an answer. I I know Darius Slay is considered a really good cornerback. I don't consider him to be one of the, I don't even think he's a top 15 cornerback in my book. Um, Michael Thomas has like played against some really, really good cornerbacks this year and going into their bye week, he was sitting as the number seven fantasy wide receiver. So he's overcome some tough matchups. They're moving him around the formation. Good luck Quandre Diggs when he matches up with you in the slot. It's just not going to happen. So, I mean, 7,300, he's a lot cheaper. Uh, Bobby mentioned it. There's there's a lot of bad matchups between Jordy Nelson, between Mike Evans. Uh, there's some other guys. But in cash, if I'm paying up, I think Michael Thomas is my play.
0: It's been consistent too. at least five receptions. He's got 80 plus yards in the past three games. It's pretty good. I'm a little worried with Snead coming back because Sneed
2: has shown that he's uh that he is a target guy, like especially just kind of on, on under routes that Breeze has been willing to kind of use him um, in that short, short and close, uh, territory, not short and close territory in terms of like near the end zone, but just in, in, in short passing downs, Snead has been that guy. And if he's going to just take over that role, that's the only thing that has me, I have, look, we have, we have Thomas for the third highest projected points on the main slate of any wide receiver. So really like the matchup. Uh, it's just, I, when they add a guy that's proven to be taking target share in the past, that's my only little concern with Thomas. And it's still kind of close because of the price.
1: Yeah, the only concern there, like, so Snead, they haven't even said that he's going to be like a starter. They're saying that they're going to ease him back in. That's all he's been saying. And that's what we heard up to the London game, too. And now coming out of the bye week, it's weird that we're continuing to hear this. So that's the reason Snead, I tell people, like, give it a week, don't trust him. I think Ted Ginn's actually a sneaky play at 3,600.
0: 3,600, man. Yeah, that's a nice GPP play. I don't know if I trust him for cash, but uh, that's an mm-hmm. interesting one. Uh, I think you've got to love Hopkins this week against Cleveland. They're 11-point favorites, and uh, you know oh, yeah. Hopkins just gets so many targets. He's safe. Keenan Allen, I think, is safe, too. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week one, but they're going to throw quite a bit against Oakland. Um, I think that he's a nice play sitting there at 7,200 on FanDuel. Stefan Diggs against Green Bay, if he plays, I know he's got the questionable mark with the groin, but uh, I think Stephon Diggs is a nice player in that range as well.
2: I love Keenan Allen. Allen had a, re- a bunch of red zone targets last week uh, against the Giants and just couldn't convert them. And that was actually drawing way more Janoris Jenkins than I thought he was going to. So, uh, you know, I, I, it seemed like he was going to line up more in the slot and just maybe they were going to move him around to avoid Jenkins. Jenkins did shadow cover him, and they still forced the ball to him <laughs> in, in the red zone. He just couldn't convert One basically was out of his hands and then two other ones, uh, Uh, he just didn't have a chance on. But it's more of just like the narrative piece of this is who Rivers wants to go to in these scenarios. And uh, Allen's just such a huge target guy. The conversion rate has been a little troublesome. So but he's also drawn if you look at his if you look at Allen's matchups there, he's drawn some of the most difficult just cornerback matchups to start the season. Like he got Jenkins uh, last week. And my thing's being slow to load here, right? He got Jenkins. I know Peterson or excuse me, Marcus Peters hasn't been that great, but he did draw that KC coverage. Uh, He had Denver in week one which is about as bad as you can get when it comes to drawing cornerbacks. So um, he's run a little bit bad in matchups, does not get that at all here against Oakland. (laughs) It's kind of just like the opposite scenario. So uh, I love Allen for cash. I think that he's run, the fact that he's run bad on touchdowns is actually, probably kept his price in check he should one touchdown one touchdown is low for how much they've targeted him in the red zone so uh you you get one or two more of those over the course of the season and he's in the mid eight thousands. he's with the andre hopkins group and uh, of priced wide receivers and the fact that he's a little bit lower uh has me on him uh has me on him this week for sure
1: I think you guys might be able to go down to Golden Tate and get the same performance. I, I mean, he's eleven hundred cheaper. This is like a tailor made matchup for Golden Tate, and I know a lot of people aren't going to play him because he's been kind of crappy the last couple of weeks. But this matchup, Kenny Vaccaro has been coming down to covering slot wide receivers while Sterling Moore has been out, and Sterling Moore is not very good. Sterling Moore is re- he he returned to practice. I want to say yesterday, so it looks like he's going to play in his uh, after a multi week absence. So, um. Yeah, I, I like Golden Tate this week and I'm not usually a Golden Tate fanboy, but especially on DraftKings at sixty eight hundred, I think he's cash game worthy. And considering you have Larry Fitzgerald there at sixty eight hundred, that you have, you know, Mike Evans, people are still gonna play at sixty nine hundred, Chris Hogan at seven thousand, like there's a lot of guys around him that are gonna be owned more than he will be. So I think you can get him at really cheap, uh like low ownership, and I think that he's even I I hate to say it. Like I, I, again, I never say this about Golden Tate, but I think he's actually tournament worthy too. If you look at some of their game scripts
2: too, like there's the the reason, some of the reason Tate's uh, week to week performance looks weird is because they've just had a couple of weeks where they just didn't have to throw the ball really at all. Like the week against the giants where I think they, it's like mid twenties worth of pass attempts or something like that. Um, They've just been, you know, we've said game script a lot, but they've been scripted in the way that they just haven't needed to sort of force the ball down the field. This game kind of lines up the opposite. So if you think that, if you think that Stafford, Gets close to let's say forty pass attempts in this game, uh, his target share really should be there. I played him in tournaments every single week because I keep waiting for the breakout game <laughs> from Tate, uh, and it just really hasn't happened It really hasn't happened because I do think it when the scenario lines up, he is in that you know that Keenan Allen class of guys who should see double digit targets on a week to week basis. It just kind of hasn't totally lined up. Some of its narrative, uh, some of it just that it totally hasn't been there. But multiple weeks of double digit targets, uh, I, I do like Tate in this in this case a lot.
1: Yeah. And Marshawn Lattimore the best, the best cornerback for the Saints. He doesn't even go into the slot. So he should see Marshawn Lattimore is probably going to be covering Marvin Jones a lot of the time. So again, I, I, I like Golden Tate. I just wanted to Do make sure I mentioned trust him on Chris the show. Hogan. I
0: know he's got it done the past four weeks, but I watch him play and I, I'm not super impressed. Like he gets open all the time, but besides that, he's not a dynamic football player. And <laughs> I mean, I guess getting open is part of being a football player, but I, I'm just, I can't trust him in cash games.
2: Well, it's like a question of what do you trust? Do you trust that he's Tom Brady's clear red zone guy or do you trust, or, or is it that he's just not a huge target guy, right? Or is it, or is it somewhere in the middle? Cause when you're Tom Brady's, when you're Tom Brady's red zone guy, that's a huge boost right like, like the, that is that's basically like the best opportunity you can have in football if he's the guy that you're going to be looking for they're going to be specifically drawing up matchups to get you into one-on-one situations then maybe the targets aren't or excuse me the touchdowns aren't completely run hot if they're even a little bit run hot though he's not that he's not that good of a play right so because he just doesn't get targeted the rest of the time and so if 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 there's even a dip or a slight regression in touchdown performance for him because you know they get Gronk back, or um, it just doesn't happen, or because the way the game lines up, then he actually isn't. But if the touchdowns are for real, then they are. You know what I mean? It's a weird math problem with Hogan. He's like he's a he's a, a clear like he's the opposite of Keenan Allen because his all of his performance is basically touchdowns. So do you like that his touchdowns continue and the targets tick up, or do you like that? Uh, you know, Allen's targets stay the same and his touchdowns tick up. I think I would choose Allen between the two of them because I just the touchdown thing does make me a little bit nervous.
0: Yeah. Now, guys, for cheap plays, I'm looking. There's nobody that really stands out to me. Maybe Rashard Matthews. Uh, for cash games, I, I wouldn't dare use anybody else in cash games that's super cheap. How about you guys?
1: I don't think you need to go down that far in cash games at wide receiver this week. Uh, Robbie Anderson at 4,400 is tempting, but I'm not going to do it. Um, I think I don't they'll... know about cash. I like him for GPP, though. Yeah, he's a solid GPP play because like, the, the Patriots aren't getting a pass rush. And if they don't pressure Josh McCown, he takes his shots downfield to Robbie Anderson. Um I do want to mention two guys. One being Brandon Cooks. Uh, the reason I want to say Brandon Cooks is because Scott Barrett did some neat research uh, in terms of cornerback matchups and what what Brandon Cooks does against ba- like fast cornerbacks and what he does against slower ones. So he's going to see a lot of uh, Claiborne this week. Morris Claiborne for the Jets. They signed him. He runs a four five four forty. Okay, so in his research. Brandon Cooks has demolished any cornerback who runs a greater than a 4.45 40 yard dash. So obviously Claiborne is much slower than that. Um, So if Cooks can, like if he gets him in coverage one-on-one, which is what they've been doing with Claiborne, I think Brandon Cooks can have a blow up type week. Now don't trust him in cash because he's 7,600. He he's a boomer bust player. We know that, but in a tournament, I think it's very well worth the shot. And um, my other one is Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor against yeah. San Francisco um I'm not a Terrell Pryor fan if you guys listen to this if you guys listen to the podcast you guys know this I'm not a fan of him but I think in this matchup against Rashad Robinson who has really struggled with speed this year he's allowed uh, T.Y. Hilton last week 177 yards you go back to that Thursday night game against Sammy Watkins 106 yards two touchdowns if there's one thing that Pryor does well it's 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 run fast And um, he should be able to get behind the secondary, especially with Samaje P. Ryan. It's just a very boring run game for them. They're not necessarily a run first team. They're going to rack up a lot of carries, which is why P. Ryan's fine in cash. But again, if you're looking for an upside play, 5,700 on DraftKings, Terrell Pryor, I like an awful lot.
0: Yeah, Cooks is my favorite GPP play. I was going to mention Terrell Pryor too. And I thought you were going to beat me over the head with a stick for that one, Tags. But I'm (laughs) glad you're on board with it. Anyone else you want to mention here, Doug, before we move on to tight ends?
2: Yeah, I mean those guys are kind of fall all in the same category for me, I think. Uh taking a huge L on Prior this year because I loved him coming into the season and it just really hasn't panned out. Sort of like the him smoking Peters uh, in that game against KC, but uh, I, I he's a guy I'm a Prior truther probably still because I still think that the upside is there for him. It just kind of hasn't completely worked out. Uh, You know, cheap guys. There, you're right. There aren't that many. I don't mind. It's weird. He's very unsexy here. But Adam Humphrey's only four thousand. If you think that Evans is going to draw full Peterson coverage and just he's going to have trouble getting targets there, uh, secondary option. They've shown that Humphrey's can kind of make it happen from a possession point. It doesn't strike me as having huge upside. I don't mind it as a pivot in cash if you're trying to if you're just really trying to save somewhere in the wide receiver range, because it's very difficult to do this week on DraftKings. Uh, I don't like, you know, it's funny. I, I don't like watching him play, and I hate this team, but Jarvis Landry still is still seeing a bunch of targets from Cutler when they actually have the ball. Uh, he did catch a touchdown pass last week. Uh, he's Again, he's the king of the one <laughs> one target for one yard kind of thing <laughs> that most other receivers <laughs> don't do as it as, seems like as much as he does. But um, for PPR, he's still... Is in that range of guys who target. I just wish the Miami defense was, or excuse me, Miami offense was, I don't know, thirty percent better than it is because it's Cutler. But Cutler has thrown his way a lot, and the fact that he's thrown him to him in the end zone strikes me as having some upside in a game where they're sure to be playing catch up.
0: So, guys, tight end, there is value galore. Ryan Griffin is forty five hundred on Fanduel. Uh, he gets Cleveland. We know that's a great matchup. We talked about these guys in the last show too. Uh, AJ Derby has a great matchup against the Giants, who might be the worst against tight ends. Um, we've got Evan Ingram against Denver and he's really the only wide receiver on the team. I know he's a tight end, but I think he's going to get quite a few targets. George Kittle against Washington. They've been using him a lot. I've read that some people think he's going to be a superstar. Uh, he's very good. And then Hunter Henry against Oakland. I like all of these plays. I can't really make up my mind on them. Uh, Doug, who do you like? I don't like any tight
2: ends to be honest with you. I kind of just hate the tight end position in general. I'm not saying that I I, I agree with the names you threw out there. There's a couple more as well. Tight end is just such. It has seemed like such a dartboard territory this year because it's like kickers, basically. It really is, and part of the problem is outside of Zach Ertz, um, and I guess Kelsey out, and he didn't have he had that one game where he had even he had a game where he had like one target and eleven yards or something like that. So, um, the problem with a lot of these tight ends just on a week to week basis is, except for Ertz, there's really no tight end in the league that's higher than a quarterback's third read, right? And so when, when that's the case, and really a lot of, some of them aren't higher than fourth. And when that's the case with a lot of these guys, you're going to have so much variance around the position that I've taken to on a week to week basis, making a lot of the same lineups and fitting in the guys that you've mentioned, because I think that basically for my cash game strategy and tight end has been hit on 66 to 70% of the guys and then that and, and kind of get home, right? So like last week, it's Witten has a huge game and Engram gets zeroed, right? They're the same price. And Austin Safarian Jenkins was in that group, too. <laughs> so basically, what I, what I making cash games where having two of those three guys, the lineups are all kind of the same and tra- and trying to get the touchdown upside on two of them, let's say, or or, or the target share on two of them. Um, it's a long winded answer to say I, I don't like any of them. And I kind of like some of them. <laughs> OK, <laughs>
0: tag who's your guy?
2: <laughs>
1: honestly it's tough man hunter henry by the way um we are there boys like it's finally happened the chargers have finally woken yeah, up baby. and said we need to get antonio gates a little bit more on the bench um hunter henry has now officially played more snaps than antonio gates which is positive uh i think he played 76 percent of the snaps in week five so trot him out there against oakland they I'm really so struggle against tight ends yeah at 4100 his price still hasn't caught up to to his snap count and what he's starting to see and the fact that philip rivers he targets tight ends doesn't even matter which one it is if you want the guy who's on the field to the snaps, and Hunter Henry just happens to be pretty good at football. I think another tight end that is going to be completely under-owned is Martellus Bennett. I'm going to keep going back here because, you know, as Doug mentioned, we hate the tight end position. It's like the worst. It legitimately is the worst thing to project every single week because if someone scores a touchdown, they automatically finish as like a top 12 option. Well, in three of the five games this year, the Minnesota Vikings have a lot of touchdown and Martellus Bennett has getting the t- has been getting the targets. So uh, it, at some point, he's going to catch touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers. It's going to happen. And considering the, the tough matchup that Jordy Nelson has this week, you know, Devontae Adams doesn't have the greatest of matchups. I just think it could be one where Martellus Bennett happens and he's dropping in price rapidly. Two other ones, Austin Hooper, 3,500. Yep. We saw him get seven targets once Mohamed Sanu went down last week, Julio, or two weeks ago. Um, I think he's a solid play at 3500 in a tournament. And in cash, if you really, really want to save at tight end, you can go down to Zach Miller at 2900 um He seems to be a favorite of Mitch Trubisky. He is the pass-catching tight end for the Bears. And considering that their their wide receivers cannot get separation and teams are going to continue to press them, Zach Miller is going to continue to be a favorite and continue to see targets because I I talked about this on John Hansen's show uh, earlier this week and that Mitch Trubisky, the problem that he's going to face every single week is that opponents are going to blitz him and they're going to do man coverage and they're going to stay in these wide receivers. If they can't separate right away, Trubisky's is going to be running for his life. And what what happens then? He looks for a security blanket and that looks like it's Zach Miller. They improvised on a couple plays on Monday night. So look for Zach Miller, 2,900. He's really cheap. Baltimore, if you recall, they're the team that allowed uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars to throw three touchdowns to uh, Mercedes Lewis. So I think would yep. definitely <laughs> do worse than Zach Miller at 2,900. What
2: even exasperates the the, the tight end problem? Sorry, is that, is that DraftKings dares you to play them at their prices. Like, so DraftKings prices the the tight end so low that you actually probably wouldn't even need to think about it all the time. But then you see guys like, you know, Higby, 2,500, Jesse James, 3,100. These guys aren't exciting, except that they allow so much salary, just movement that, it's the, actually it's really the only reason they stay relevant on DraftKings at least because, because the prices are so low that sometimes they're just daring you to play two tight ends every single week, which makes the position for me even that much more frustrating. Sorry, I know I interrupted you, but I, this it's been (laughs) the tight end position. has been a constant, has been a constant state of pain, at least for me (laughs) this season in trying to project because, uh, a lot of these guys, they just all project in the same range. The camera braid is also, also there as well. So, um, yeah i don't know the tight end has been a has been a pain point for sure
0: i've been uh cleaning up playing two tight ends every week i'm doing it again in cash games they're just so stupid cheap and there's a couple guys that you know are going to get some targets so um you know just picking on cleveland picking on oakland picking on the new york giants and uh and i think your money for tight end Uh now let's move on over real quick defense special teams i think this is an obvious one in cash just play the broncos against the giants right
2: well, this is like the scenario where if you were a high school team, you would cancel the rest of your season because you'd be worried that your players were going to get hurt. Like they've seen, you know, this is starting to happen in <laughs> high schools now where, um, you, you take a look in the field and you're like, we're starting all freshmen and sophomore and we're playing a quad four school. Um, the guys, they're just going to get killed. So the rest of the season is canceled and we'll just come back in two years when these guys are a little bit bigger. I, I think, I really feel like that's the situation with the Giants. Are they, have you ever, can you remember a scenario where a team had like something like 14 implied Vegas points? An NFL team, it just never it legit never happens. And that's where we are with the Giants here. I just, it's, it's really uncharted territory in terms of how bad they could possibly be this week. And so yeah, it, it seems like the place to really pay up for defense.
1: Yeah. The Falcons are probably my favorite play, uh, in cash just because, like I said, going over to draft Kings, you don't have the Broncos defense, but yeah, that, that play just seems like too easy. <laughs> um, but the Falcons at home against Jay Cutler and the dolphins who have really struggled. Yeah. I mean, that's where I go. Honestly, there's not too many plays on defense that I'm excited about this week.
0: I like Houston at home against Cleveland. I like Jacksonville against Jared Goff. I mean, I know the Rams have scored a lot of points, but it's Jared Goff and it's Jacksonville's defense. So I think those are all solid plays too.
2: I don't mind the Redskins against the Niners. Um, the Niners offense still is, isn't very good. They, they can't figure out what they want to do at running back. Um, neither of the options seem all that good. I mean, they've kind of benched Hyde a little bit and it's unclear about what, what his role in the team is now. Uh, they don't really have anyone else in the passing game outside of Garcon and they still have Hoyers, the cornerbacks. So I don't mind. The Redskins are a little bit cheaper, 3,400. Vegas likes them. Uh, really, there's a lot of teams here in sort of pick six territory because of the high lines and teams are going to have to play catch up. There's going to be a lot of really bad quarterbacks forced to throw a lot of passes. And whenever that Patriots, a, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Bears, Niners, Patri- the Patriots are in a good situation here against the Jets. Uh There's just a lot of quarterbacks, like you said, the Texans quarterbacks that are whenever you can get bad quarterbacks throwing a lot. That's a really good place to be for <laughs> for opposing defenses. And <laughs> yeah. I would say like three or four teams at least fit, uh, check that box.
0: For GPP, I also like the Buccaneers at Arizona. I mean, their offensive line is in shambles. Carson Palmer throws quite a few interceptions. The Chargers against, uh they think Derek Carr is going to play, but maybe it's E.J. Manuel at the last second if it is. Low ownership, uh could be money in the bank. Um, Chargers get off to the quarterback too, so they could pile up the sacks, get a few turnovers, maybe a touchdown. It's defense, so I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot. You have to get that touchdown if you want to cash in GPP. So uh, good luck figuring out who it's going to be each week. But I think there's some some pretty good cash plays. All right, Doug, that's all for the show today. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, much appreciated. Always fun to talk football. And for those of you listening at home, we've got three more shows coming up next week. Make sure to tune in, subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already, leave us a rating and review, take a screenshot and send it to us at contest at fantasypros.com. We're going to be giving away a year's free subscription to Fantasy Pros, and if you've already got it this year, you'll get free next year. So make sure to send those contest at fantasypros.com dot com. Also make sure to enter the $3 contest on draftkings.com slash fantasy pros. And if you deposit for the first time you get in for free, we're giving away a lifetime membership to fantasypros.com. So make sure to do that one. Also, thanks to the sponsor of today's show draft.com slash pros. That's P R O S. And you'll get free money back up to a hundred dollars for your deposit and notifications. When tags and I start drafts, so you can play against us. From Mike tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football.
1: I just wanted you to watch me just